for an incredibly long time. And I figure anybody that can do that, there, there's got to be something good to be said for them. Our family history, um, White Oak, his dad has pointed out, was just incredibly good to him. And so the help that you've given me through him over the years obviously is, is remarkable. And so to be able to get to be here, I was thinking it's been a long time since, since I've been back to White Oak. But, but I'm thrilled to get to be here today. I understood that I wore the correct color. So I'm, I'm very thankful that, you know, I didn't get the memo, but at least I heard I wore the correct color. So, I mean, that, that's got to at least count for something. See, because when somebody says I have to fill dad's shoes, that's an impossibility. And I'm okay with that. I, I don't consider that insulting myself whatsoever. Um, when you've been, had the honor of living with my father as I have for the 59 years that, that I've been here, um, and seeing what he's been able to do to help others, you know what? I don't even begin to pur- purport that I could fill those shoes. But I have learned a lot, and I, I do the best that I can. And, and so that, that's, that's all I can do. So as I got to thinking about what, what can we talk about today, I have one day that I get to come and to be with you, two sermons that I get to come and share, or I guess you would say a class and a sermon, however you want to look at that. But I have these couple of opportunities that I have to share with you today and to be with you today. What can I leave with you? What can I share with you that I think might help you? And so the first thing that I wanted to think about, and obviously I guess you would say it makes a lot of sense, we just began a new year. So obviously you would think, well, maybe talking about the new year would be appropriate. Okay, what do we get when we get into the new year? And and what do we have to look at? As you look back over the last couple of years we've experienced, um, going back to what, 2019 and 2020, 2021, I think really looking into those years, probably a couple of years we'd say, wow, really wouldn't mind kind of forgetting those, right? There, There were some things that weren't that great. But then again, I want you to take just a second. Were they really that bad? Look what God's blessed us with. Right? You see what God has still given to us. And even though as people may look at it, the world as we know it may be, as people say, it's falling apart. When I have God in my life, when I have Jesus in my life, I have that peace that surpasseth all understanding. And so when everybody else may be losing their minds, I'm sitting here, I'm doing great. Because I still trust in God, and I know no matter what is going on in the world around me, that I still have God to put my faith in. And maybe, just maybe, over these last couple of years, being able to recognize that and being able to see that we can put our faith in God, and maybe having to put our faith in Him a little bit more, perhaps has been a good thing for us. Give you at least that food for thought, give you something to think about. One of the first things I really want us to think about, one of the first things I really want us to think about as we go into a new year, is I want us to think about putting things behind that need to be put behind. The Word of God has a lot to say about that, doesn't it? When I think about the year 2021, I hope there were, again, as we said, a lot of great things. But again, there were a number of challenges that we had to face. But when you look into the Word of God, the Word of God encourages always to do what? Well, let's look back here. And you know, back on June the 4th, no, no, I think it was May the 1st. Man, that was a really bad day. I mean, that, that was just such a terrible day. And you know what? I still haven't gotten over that day. 
Anybody ever do that? Kind of like when I was in math class at Boyd Buchanan and got that failing grade on that test. And, you know, am I ever going to get over that, brother? I don't know. I may not. So you knew that had to come, right? I'm sorry. I just had to share that. But so, you, you know, you, you look at that and sometimes we look at those bad events and we look at those bad events as like, oh, man, you know. Let's look at Hebrews 12. Look at Hebrews 12 this morning. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and verse 2. Because I think if there is one thing I can give to you as you go into a new year, it is an understanding of this. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and verse 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Brethren, here's what we need to do. We need to put behind us anything that stunts, slows, or any way impedes our spiritual growth. Anything that is keeping me from growing for God as I should, I think the Hebrew writer here is making it very clear, that is something I need to put behind me. You know, I'm making a joke, you know, well, May 1 or whatever day, you know, really bad things happen to me. Well, if we look back over the last year, we could all think about, some really bad things that happened to us. And we unfortunately could probably think about many things that challenged our spiritual growth. But the writer here has reminded us now what we've got to make sure we do, we've got to put those things behind us, okay? Those things that are impeding my spiritual growth, I've got to get rid of them. Let me cast aside or lay aside every weight, put that behind me, let me put away the sin that so easily ensnares us. And then what do I do? Once that is put behind, I go forward. If there is one goal we need to set for ourselves in 2022, it's to get closer to God. I'm not sure if you've set New Year's resolutions. Um, if you had, you'd probably be like me and I already broke them. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if you've gone ahead and set one or not. But if you set a resolution... Or maybe you haven't, and it's just the second day of the year. If I could encourage you to look at this year as a year where you do everything you can to draw closer to God. And quite honestly, can you think of a better goal that you could potentially set for yourself? See, if I, if I set that goal of being as close to God as I possibly can, I'm, I'm going to be the best husband I can be, the best father I can be, the best employee I can be if I'm still working. The best everything I can be, right? If I set God first in my life. Oh, well, in a sermon on the mount that Jesus spoke back in Matthew chapter 6, what did he say? Seek what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Set that goal for 2022 to get closer to God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the other things are going to be added to you, Right? Everything else is going to fall into place, but nothing is going to be in its right place if I'm not right with God. 
So I think that's the goal that we really need to make sure we're setting, right? And so when I'm going into this new year, I'm recognizing that I need to go forward. Well, if I'm going to go forward, how am I going to do that? The Hebrew writer gives us a great example of that. He said, well, if you want to see how to run the race set before you, how about you look to Jesus that we just talked about? How about you look to Jesus, the author, the finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the the shame, excuse me, and now he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What happened? Jesus set the example of sticking to it. Now, if there was ever anyone who could have given up and said it's not worth it, I think Jesus could have done that because he didn't have a very good life while he was here on this earth. And yet, he despised all that, or he didn't worry about all that shame. He overcame that. He fulfilled the mission God had for him. And so let's make sure that's what we're doing. And then another verse that helps us as we go into the new year, or I hope it helps you. It it definitely helps me as I think about going into the new year. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through verse 14. Again, this idea of forget and go forward. Forget and go forward. Again, Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Again, pretty much the same thought, is it not, in Hebrews? The same thought that we see there. He said that I am doing what? Now, if there's somebody that really could have said, look, I've done pretty good in my faith, I think Paul could have said that. But Paul looked at his faith and he said, no, no. I'm going to forget the things that are behind. I haven't apprehended yet. I'm forgetting that which was back there, and I am continuing to move forward. We need to recognize we have a prize we're reaching for, don't we? I've got a prize I'm reaching for. You tell me, what's the prize that I as a Christian have been reaching for? Absolutely, eternal life. That's the prize I'm reaching for. Now, is that a pretty noble prize to reach for? Yes, absolutely, unquestionably. That's a great prize to reach for. Understand why we're going forward. You know, sometimes if I don't understand something, it's really hard to kind of do it, right? You know, maybe even when we were growing up, you know, our parents may have said, well, you need to do this. And, um, well, that one question, I, Brother Phillips, I, I had paid back to me what, what I gave to you and then some because I became a on-the-job instructor at the company I worked for. And there would be kids that would come up to me. I called them kids. They, some of them were older than I was, but I got the opportunity to train. And, and they would look at me, and they were like, that three-letter word, which one is it? Why? Oh, anybody get tired of listening to that word sometimes? Well, why do I have to do it that way? Well, well why do we have to do that? And, you know, if you don't understand why, it's really kind of hard to do something, isn't it? Because we, we need to understand Okay, why, why does this come in this progression? You know, why did I start in kindergarten instead of starting in college? Well, there's a good reason why for that. I had to get the basis laid, right, to be able to go on and to graduate and, and to get that education. Well, so, so thinking about it in that way, what I'm understanding is very simply what. What I'm understanding is the why I'm reaching forward is because I want to be with God throughout all eternity. 
When I understand that why, doing for God now gets a whole lot easier, doesn't it? should. I think it should. So again, we understand that why. We understand what indeed God is giving to us. So forgetting what's behind and going forward. Just think where you can go in 2022. Think what you can accomplish in 2022. And honestly, I'm not even going to worry about anything else outside of my spiritual life right now. I can still accomplish things. One of the most, you've been talking about having that out here the last few weeks. One of the most exciting things that has been going on at Tyner over the last few years is Dad has started teaching some classes. Well, he's always taught, but he's picked up a couple classes. And you could just see the excitement that he had in getting into these new studies. And it was so fascinating because you look at him, and he may not have told you, 91 years old now, 91 91 years old now, and he's getting into these studies, and he's like a kid up there teaching the class. He, he's getting excited. I mean, he really honestly is just that excited about, well, Brother Cuff, you've been a Christian for, you know, you're 90 years old. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're old. Don't you dare tell him I said that because he doesn't understand that yet. But, you know, you're old. And so, you know, you start, you start thinking about that. And yet, we as the students that get to sit at the feet and learn, we're getting dragged into the excitement. And we're excited about studying God's Word. So don't tell me, oh, Brother Cup, I'm, I'm too old, you know, to really have a good year in growth in, into God. We're never too old to have a growth in God. Anybody ever knew Leslie Thomas out at Brainerd? It may be a name some of you recognize from, from years ago. Got to be a much older man, but a man that still loved studying God's Word and grew closer to God. So that's our goal. Let's forget what's in the past. I, I, can't, I can't change it. But I can go on, I can move better. So when I think into the new year, when I think into the new year, I'm thinking about how I can grow closer to God. So you think back two days now to December 31st. And then think back to what, 364 days before that to January the 1st of 2021. I'm going to get my years confused here. <laughs> I'm sure I will. But, okay, look at the 1st of January, 2021, and then look at December 31st, 2021. Only I can examine myself, right? How to do? Did I grow closer to God? I hope you did. And if you did, still yet the challenge is going to be there for you that when you get now into 2022, January 2nd now, but when you get into January 2nd, 2022, and you start looking for December 31st of 2022, what can I do to forget what happened last year and to grow closer to God? So that honestly, to me, is one of the most important things we need to be thinking about when we get to the new year. Can't change the past one, but God gives me this opportunity to go on and do better. So let's look at what we can do. So now, if I'm going to go on and do better in this new year, for the rest of the time that we have, let, let's take some time to think about what I can do to draw closer to God. But obviously, I've got my outline, so I know what I'm going to talk about. But we're in class, so I, I'd like being able to open it up and see if anybody has anything. Anybody in this room have something from your experience and your service to God that as you're looking at this new year that you say, if I'm going to draw closer to God, I need to make sure I'm doing, you know, whatever you want to put in there. 
Anybody have anything they want to share? Trust me, I'll fill the time and then some. But I mean, at least want to give you a chance. Anybody have any thoughts for you that have helped you in your service to God? Read more of the Word of God. Read more, study more. Those two go very hand in hand, right? One of the things we've started doing in our Wednesday night study at Tyner is we've started studying the book of Hebrews. And I've kind of become like that in that study. I mean, it, it has just been amazing, okay? Now, not because I'm the teacher. That's not why it's been amazing. But as I've gotten into that study, there is just so much there. And, and one of the points that I've made, and so you guys have, have mirrored what I'm saying really well, because when you look in the Word of God, it's not just only reading the Word of God. It's really reading the Word of God. You understand what I'm, And you understand what I mean there, right? It's not just casual reading. When you look into the Word of God, you've got to really look at the Word of God. You've got to dig into it. If I just casually read it, I miss so much. But when I get into that Word of God and I really read it and then I really study it, it's amazing. And what's really fascinating, and, and I think anybody in this room will be able to say this as well, isn't it just wonderful when you've studied a passage hundred times, and not an exaggeration, and then somehow you go look at it the hundred first time, and you pick something up in that verse you've never seen before. That's why I'm talking. We can always grow closer to God, right? So, read and study the Word of God. Definitely going to help me in this year. I mean, we, we can sit there and pick up a, a, as we call it, a good book, you know, whatever your favorite author might be, you know, and so I'm not even going to throw an author out there, but we can pick up a good book and, you know, you, all of a sudden, what do you hear somebody say? I picked up this book. You know what? I couldn't even go to bed. You know, I, I had to read it all night. When's the last time we picked up the Bible and couldn't put it down and we had to read it all night? Just a thought. Great observation. Somebody else? Ooh, Wisdom. Think about what you're praying about. Absolutely. And I'm going to go a little, and make sure you're praying. I, I, I know that probably sounds, you know, almost silly for us as God's children. Make sure we're praying. If I were to pick out one blessing that we have as a child of God that we take for granted more than any other blessing, I'm going to say it's the avenue of prayer. How many of us can pick up the phone and, and call the president of the country right now? And he answered the phone. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> not going there. Not going there. That's, that's not where I was going to go with that, okay? I'm respecting, I'm respecting the office. But, but can I pick, and, and I worked for that, you know, I worked for, I mean, what? I, I was hired under Reagan and retired under, I guess, Trump. Wow, okay. So, I mean, that kind of, so there were a lot of administrations through there I worked at, but I worked 32 years for the government. So honestly, you know, the, the president, ultimately my, my, my big boss, if you will, um, I can tell you in 32 years, I never got to pick up the phone and talk to the president. Okay? Never happened. Not, not a single time. Amazing, you know, not a single time did that happen. But I, at any moment, any second of any day can, in essence, pick up the phone and talk to the Almighty God. I can approach God's throne in prayer. How many of us deserve that blessing? I don't deserve it, for sure. 
but God gives it to me. And then when I go to God in prayer, I need to have some idea of what I'm talking to him about, don't I? And I need to kind of think through. God knows every thought and intent of my heart, but that doesn't mean God doesn't want me to talk to him about those thoughts and those intents in my heart. And so I do need to approach God and understand that there needs to be something behind that prayer. Thank you so much for that. And I really like the way you said that. Think about what I'm talking about in prayer. Very, very powerful. So read, study, pray. Some really good observations. Anybody else? Teach, absolutely. Share. Are we going to grow as congregations of God's people if we don't teach? And it's getting harder because people what? People don't want to hear. But does that give us an excuse to say, well, people don't want to hear about God. I can just forget talking about him. I don't think that's the way that works. God still wants us to share his message. Excellent observations. So read, study, Pray, teach, anything else? I go through some of the things that, that I had that, that I really want us to think about as we, as we approach this new year. And the first thing that I really want us to focus on, and, and we've kind of alluded to it already in some of the things we've looked at, hold fast to your faith. Because, brethren, I am telling you right now, your faith is under attack. Big time. It's real, honestly, is it not scary? I mean, maybe I as a preacher shouldn't say that. But to me, the attacks on our faith right now are almost scary. How emboldened Satan has become in the world. Notice what it says, become emboldened. It's not man. So Satan became emboldened. He just pulled man onto his side. And so we are battling Satan in ways that we've not had to battle him in quite some time. And so you start thinking about that. And so I need to make sure that I am holding fast to my faith. Again, we go back to this book in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, or let us hold fast our faith. Let's hold fast our faith. Let's make sure we're holding on to it. Now, again in Hebrews, without faith it's what? impossible to please God. So obviously, I understand that faith is critical. But for me, that faith becomes a what to the soul? Hebrew writer again. What does that faith become to my soul? Everybody seen a big ship? What is that big ship held down by? An anchor. That faith becomes an anchor for my soul. Um, Understand how I've got to have that faith. Paul would tell the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, stand fast in the faith. Hold on to your faith. Again, I think because of some of the attacks we're seeing, I think it's easy for our faith to get weak. Or to at least be dinged a little bit, okay? (laughs) I think maybe we can at least say that. Maybe it's at least becoming dinged a little bit. Because Satan right now is so powerful working in this world. So I have to be doubly more powerful in my efforts to hold on to God and build up my faith and build up my strength. Never going to go wrong when I try to build up my strength in God. Never going to go wrong when I try to build up my faith. Now, one of the ways that I think can help me with that, and one of the things that, you know, I'm I'm not the preacher here, so, so I can say this, okay? 
You need to be here. You need to be here. If I'm thinking about something that I think can help me in the new year, assemble with the saints as often as you meet for worship. Assemble with the saints as often as you meet for worship. Powerful passage, again, it's kind of interesting, the first few thoughts I had coming from the book of Hebrews. But in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and verse 25, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now what to me is incredibly powerful when you look at this Hebrew writer talking about saints coming together. One of the biggest problems throughout the entire book of Hebrews, well, the problem that the writer was addressing is these Jewish Christians were starting to drift back into Judaism. They were stepping away from their faith. And, and so the writer does a great job of showing just how much better we have it as Christians and, and how much better things are. And so the whole book is around, listen, we need to be more faithful. And, and we need to really solidify our faith in Christ. So if you're not really studying the book of Hebrews lately, you know, I'll, I'll plug that in for you. I mean, it's a very powerful book. But what's interesting to me here when he's talking about, now you need not to forsake the assembly. You, you don't see him looking at him saying, now God has said you've got to be together on the first day of the week and you need to make sure you're obeying God, which I think is implied in it. But what is he saying? We need to think about one another. To stir up love and good works. I need to be here to encourage you. We need to be here to encourage each other. To stir up love and good works. Now, not forsaking ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Which some of you have started doing. Or as he says, is the manner of some. But rather we are what? To exhort one another. So many times in this book of Hebrews. The idea that the writer is giving is we've got to help each other. We've got to encourage each other. We've got to be a strength for each other. The enemy is out there, and we've got to be stronger than the enemy. Well, okay, I can do so much by myself, but how much more can I do when you're helping me? Right? How much more can I do when you're helping me? And so that's the idea of why we're coming together. Now, yes, God's commanded us to be together. And yes, we need to worship. And I think we automatically understand that. But understand why we're coming together. The encouragement. I hope that you never come to a service within the walls of this building. That you can't say when you walk out after you've walked in. That the only thing you're going to be able to say is, wow, I sure am glad I was here. That's what I want to make sure we're seeing. And I will tell you what, especially on Wednesday nights when I had been working and occasionally, you know, talk about those bad days. I mean, I guess we all have them, right? And I mean, there have been some bad days. And I would get heading out to the building, driving to church and get to deal with the traffic. And I'd start getting there and I'm like, I'm just too tired to go tonight. I'm just, I'm just exhausted, right? I'm just too tired. I'd get there, and I'd get to assemble with you. Well, okay, not with you at White Oak, but with my brothers and sisters. So with us, right? We assemble with our brothers and sisters. 
And when I would assemble with my brothers and sisters and we would study together from God's word, and somebody might not even have a clue they helped me, they might come up and say something, man, George, I sure am glad to see you tonight. And the next thing you know, that person that was so tired that they couldn't even get into the building is leaving services going home and they're so excited they can't go to sleep because they had such a great opportunity to be with God's people. That's what we need to be looking for when we come to worship together. That's what we need to be trying to give to one another. Now, everything we're doing is about giving to God, okay? Never lose sight of that. Never lose sight of that. My worship is all about giving to God. But when I give to God, look what God allows me to receive. And so we see that encouragement that comes. So let's hold our faith. Let's make sure we assemble with the saints. Let's make sure as we get into this new year, okay, make sure as we kind of strive to come together, that we make a real strong effort not to yield to temptation. Make sure we make a real strong effort not to yield to temptation. Very interesting, in Matthew chapter 26, of course, if you kind of look at your chronology and start thinking about that, as you're looking towards the end of Matthew, you know what's getting ready to take place here. You know Jesus is getting ready to give his life. Then in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, you see that Jesus had taken Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. He'd gone up and he had started praying, went a little bit farther to pray. Verse 40, he came to the disciples, found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? And then verse 41, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Now, we were talking a minute ago, let's be careful what we pray for. I think if there's one thing that we need to make sure we're praying for, God help me not to let those temptations get the best of me. Watch and pray lest we enter into temptation. Watch and pray. Let's work real hard to make sure that we are not entering into temptation. Make sure that we are avoiding evil. And the Bible is filled with beautiful passages. They, they laugh at me at times or frequently because I'll say something like, man, I just love this passage. Well, okay, I basically love all of them. So, I mean, it's kind of like, but when you get to the end of the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, Paul here gives just this synopsis of, of faith, if you will. He gives just this great, you know, ideas of, okay, these, these are things you need to make sure that you're going to be continuing to stand steadfast and make sure that you're continuing to stand close to God. But in 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse 22, just very, very simply, he just says, abstain from every form of evil. I need to be watching what I'm doing. I need to be watching where I'm going. I need to be watching what I'm saying. I need to be watching how I'm saying it. I need to abstain from every form of evil. A lot of my faithfulness to God hinges what? On me. Say, what do you mean? Well, if I know that whatever is going to cause me to be tempted, then why in the world am I going to put myself in the middle of that situation 
that causes me to be tempted. That's not real bright, is it? Whereas if I abstain from that, right? If I avoid that, then I have a much better avenue of not yielding to that temptation. Avoid every appearance of evil. Abstain from every appearance of evil. Think it through and think about what you can do to help your own faith, right? Think what you can do to help your own faith. Think what you can do to live closer to God. Avoid those things that are evil. Now, again, filling our, our, our hearts with reading and studying and prayer and, and teaching and all those things going to help me very much to abstain from evil. So I start thinking more about what I need to make sure I'm doing. We'll go back to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, as I, I think about what I need to do in my service to God. Verse 15, chapter 15 and verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I need to work. I need to work for God. Yes, brother, I'm sorry. The other part's even more sobering, isn't it? When he talks to those on the other hand, and he says, Lord, we never saw you sick, naked, thirsty, hungry, in prison. He said, yeah, but you saw the least of my brethren, and you didn't take care of them. Therefore, you didn't take care of me. Depart from me. A very sobering passage, Matthew 25, based on what? My relationship to God, my relationship to Christ, and what I'm doing for them. And if I have a good relationship with them then I'm going to serve what? Those who they've asked me to serve. Good observation. Very good observation. Working for the Lord. Doing things in His kingdom. You know, the the, the Word of God very clearly teaches me that I need to be about doing good. That I need to be about going out and, 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 and reaching those that are lost. We talked about that a minute ago. Making sure we're going out and teaching. Making sure I am doing those things that God would just very simply have me to do. Um... Titus 3, verse 1, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. So what I'm going to encourage Tyner, and I think what you guys will be encouraging yourselves to do here at White Oak as you approach this year, 2022, is keep our eyes open to do all the good God wants us to do. Do you think God gives us opportunities? And it's also Matthew chapter 25, where he talked about the parable of those talents. Right? Man, he gave, you know, five to another, he gave two to another, he gave one. And 
He blessed the man that had five that gained five more, the man that had two that gained two more, because what? They used what God gave them. Now, the man that got the one talent, he was condemned. Why? Not because he went and did something evil with it, but he did nothing with it. So when I look at my life and I look at what God wants from me, God wants me serving him. God wants me doing because his son's no longer here on the earth. So who's got to do the good that God wants done? The church. Christians. We do. So Galatians 6 and verse 10, as we therefore have opportunity, what? Let us do good. Let's do good. To all people, especially to those of the household of faith. But again, an understanding of how we have got to do what? The good that God wants done. If we're not doing it, is it going to get done? If we're not doing the good God wants done, is it going to get done? No, because he's left it to his church. He's left it to us. So we've got to make sure we're doing it. And if we're not, then God's work is not going to get done. And it falls on me. That responsibility is on me to make sure I'm giving everything I possibly can to God. And that's what I want to make sure that I'm trying to do within my life. Um, we got what, five more minutes? Five more minutes. I've talked for a long time. Anybody else? Any other thoughts you have right now? Great comment. Some great observations already. Anybody else? Anything you want to share? Sometimes in an auditorium class, the silence is deafening. Yes. Well said. If we were always on top of the mountain, we'd be ignorant of what those low times are. But isn't it interesting how those low times are when we see just how much we can appreciate and how much we need God and how much God is still there in the good times. Interesting, isn't it? And without really the hard times, sometimes I just don't really appreciate how much God is there with me. And and I, I think that's what I really have to begin to recognize and what I really have to begin to see is, okay, human nature. You agree with me or disagree with me? This, you know, human nature. When things are going great, man, I'm doing a great job. Look how awesome I am. I wish you'd look at me. I'm doing fantastic. When I get into the valley, God, why have you let me down? God, why aren't you there for me? Why? And I mean, I'm sorry, but in this world, shame on you. You, you should be treating me better than that. But what we don't really understand is sometimes when we're in the valley, God is treating us better than we've ever been treated in our lives. How? How does he do that? Because what happens when we're in that valley? What do we see? Just how much we need God, right? And sometimes we need those tough times as a reminder of, God, I need you all the time. But then, like you said, brother, isn't that so powerful? Because then what happens when I'm down here in the valley and I see how much I need God, what I really want us to get to is when I'm at the top of the mountain is to see just how much God is still with me. There is nothing good that I've done 
that I've done without God guiding me. There is no blessing I have that I have without God giving it to me. How many of you want to volunteer to take your next breath on your own? Anybody? Well, take me up on that, George. I'll tell you what, I think I'll just take this opportunity. I'm going to take my next breath on my own. I'll give you that opportunity. You know, I guess if you want to, I'm going to continue to trust on God to give me each breath I take. I mean, I'm not trying to be ridiculous there. I'm trying to help us see what. Every breath I take is a gift from God. I mean, think about it for a minute. Every breath I take is a gift from God. Every day I'm able to get up out of my bed is a gift from God. And instead of just looking, oh, I've got to have all these wonderful, amazing things to appreciate God, maybe I need to just sit back and appreciate God for just the littlest things. And let him know just how much I appreciate everything he gives to me. I'll share one last thing. Time's gone, but I'll share one last thing with you. People did not think my dad would do it, but my dad loved my mom. And I think he was probably afraid what she would do to him if he didn't. Now you're probably sitting there saying, okay, what in the world are you talking about? My mom went through a horrendous disease. It, it, was, it was horrendous. It was terrible. And she got this sentence of death. She knew she was dying. You know, like, like many of, of your loved ones, you know. She got this sentence of death. She, she knew she was dying. But to talk to her, you didn't know she was dying. It's crazy, you know. I mean, she, she just kept this great attitude. She just kept this great love for God. And she told my dad, when I die, when we have this funeral, one of the songs you will sing, have sung at my funeral, is Count Your Many Blessings. And people are like, oh, you can't sing the song, count your many blessings at a funeral. I mean, what, you know, what, what is that saying? Are you counting your blessings as person's gone? No, you're honoring the wish of a woman who loved God and understood that even in death she was being blessed. Even in sickness, God was with her. So as we go through this year, let's just see how much God's with us, good times or bad. And let's thank him. We talk about praying again. What you said was so powerful. Think about what I'm praying for. How about making sure in our prayers that one of the things we always pray for is to thank God. Thank Him for what He's done for us. I think time is gone. Any, any, anybody else? Thanks for letting me talk for 45 minutes. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it.